0: That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to the guest a Strong and Powerful Cheryl Rowling. Cheryl, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Cheryl is a CPA, a personal finance specialist. She's the head of rebalancing solutions at Morningstar and the principal of Rolling & Associates. I'm excited to have you on. Sure, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Okay, I'll be happy to do that. Thank you. Well, I started out as a CPA doing taxes, and... I got into that because I went to school in accounting. I was trained to get good grades, go to a big national firm, and go for your long-term goal of becoming a partner in that firm, or a CFO, or VP finance in a large corporation. And I've been doing this a long time, So back when I started, I kept running up against the glass ceiling. Mm. And it was a real issue at that time. Uh, Women really had a hard time advancing in the financial world. And that inspired me to go out on my own and create my own business. So I started out doing taxes and I was never much of a fan of just being a historian just recording what happened in the past. It really made more sense to me to do tax planning and help people save money. When you look at the fact that taxes can take 30 to 50% of your income, saving anything in taxes can have a very material impact. So I really did a lot of tax planning. But what I discovered is that You really can't have the tax tail wag the dog, Mm -hmm. that people have real lives, real goals, and you have to incorporate the whole person, not just looking at them as solely a taxpayer. So I started to become more involved in financial planning. And during that time, I added to my education and the initials after my name, so I got an MBA in finance. I became a personal financial specialist, which is a certification for financial planners who are CPAs. So it's a pretty high level designation and I also became a registered investment advisor. And so I was doing a lot of financial planning for people, but I really wasn't motivated to take the step of handling people's investments. That was a whole other realm of business. Um, But my clients would say, why can't you manage our investments? And it dawned on me that whoever I referred to didn't do things the way I thought it should be done. But the moment of truth came to me when new clients met with me. They were a couple that had moved to San Diego 10 years earlier, and they had saved up $20,000 for their son's college education. So realize this was a long time ago, and $20,000 was really a lot of money. And had it grown for 10 years, they would have been in really good shape to send their son to college. But what happened, when they came to see me, that money had turned to zero because they had gone to someone that called themselves a financial advisor who was really a salesperson, and he sold them limited partnerships that blew up before their son was ready to go to college. (laughs) And I was heartbroken for them. And that was the defining moment for me because I said, I need to be someone where people can come to and know they're going to get the right advice. So again, I jumped through hoops. I was able to offer investment management, and that's how I started my firm as a true all-in-one, one-stop shop for people's financial lives.
0: Nice. Well, I certainly appreciate that, and what a terrible story about folks that put together a large sum of money and then got sold terrible advice or product or thing. Um, But certainly a a motivator for you to to take the steps that you needed to to be where you are today and to do the kind of planning that you want. So I appreciate that. Um, You are the the head of rebalancing solutions at Morningstar. Can you tell me what that is?
1: Sure. Um, Well, A little while ago, maybe about 10 years ago, I, being a compulsive CPA in the background, always wanting to squeeze out every bit of tax benefit out of investments, I realized that there wasn't really a solution out there for firms like me to automate all that, and so I decided to create my own software, even though I'm not a tech person. Good for you. But I created a software that was able to look at portfolios every single day, and we could do transactions only when necessary. So even though we looked at it every day, we might only do transactions six to ten times a year. But those transactions would be done in the most tax-efficient way, meaning minimizing the gains, avoiding short-term gains, looking at should we hold fixed income in the IRA, should we hold uh, stocks in the taxable account. And it's a very complex program, but very easy to use. And what happened is I decided if it worked for me, it would work for a lot of other advisors too, and it could help them do a better job for their clients. So I sold that software to other advisors, and once I got to around 200 advisors across the country using my program, I then sold that program to Morningstar so that even more people could use the program And it allowed me to have a life as opposed to having two full-time jobs. (laughs) But, you know, when I found out that there wasn't something out there that would make my life easier and do a better job than humans could with paper and pencil or Excel, I went out and created that software. And so I have a small continuing role at Morningstar to advise them on tax-efficient investing, and it's a good match.
0: Got it. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Um, I think that that the average investor, normal consumers out there, are now probably pretty aware of financial technology companies and robo-advisors. Um, but I, I, I would love just to have you talk to us a little bit about why it's so important to rebalance, because while these are terms that I think people are familiar with, I still think it's a little bit cryptic.
1: Sure. Um, Well, it really goes into a broader picture. What you have with robo-advisors is people can put their money in and a computer program will automatically produce transactions. That is a pretty self-contained type of concept in other words it doesn't take into consideration the client's overall financial picture and so the value of a tool is only that it's a tool to help accomplish a portion of a benefit for a client and so with rebalancing i like to explain it like this if an ideal allocation for a client is 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds. Let's say there's a run-up in stocks, so that now the client has 70% in stocks and 30% in bonds. If you just let that ride, what happens is the investor is in a much riskier situation than they are comfortable with. And so if there's a drop in the market they're going to have a much bigger decrease in the value of their portfolio than if they had maintained the 60-40 allocation. So when they are out of balance, the thing to do is to sell 10% of the stocks and buy more bonds so that you keep that 60-40 allocation going. And what that does is it means you're selling high, you're taking some of the gains from the stock off the table, and you're buying bonds which are relatively lower priced. So you're selling high and buying low. That is opposite of what most investors do, <laughs> which is when the market drops, they sell low, and when the market comes back, they sell high. So rebalancing takes the emotion away and helps protect the investors in the long term. But anytime you rebalance, if you're selling some positions, you have the possibility of incurring gains and using my software we're able to keep the tax at a minimum and pull every bit of tax advantage that we can out of the accounts.
0: Got it, okay. So there's a couple things that I think are really important to talk about. Um, When when, uh, rebalancing automatic or it causes us to do the right thing as an investor it causes us to sell high and then buy low which like you said is really hard for like just use me as an example for my my stupid brain to do because it wants to do the opposite uh, from a tax efficiency standpoint and I don't, to, I don't know if that's the right term necessarily but that's also a term that we hear about like tax loss harvesting is is that what you're talking about
1: that's part of it, and that's, uh, that's part of why we look at the portfolios every day. It's not just a question of looking at if you're out of balance. If you do have some positions that you own that have decreased in value, you sometimes have the opportunity to harvest that loss for tax purposes. So this is a time when you do a transaction solely for tax purposes. So you're going to sell a position to recognize the loss. Now, you can't just buy that position back right away because the IRS says, well, if you buy it back within 30 days, you don't get to take the loss. So if you do that, you think, well, maybe we should just be in cash for that 30 days. Unfortunately, if during that 30 days, that's when the market goes up on that asset, You've just shot yourself in the foot to get a tax benefit. So what we do is instead of going to cash, we go to a similar investment. So let's say we're selling an S&P 500 fund. Well, we can move from that to a tax-managed large-cap fund, keep our client in virtually the same investments, but be able to pull a tax loss. And the beauty of being able to look at a portfolio every day is that you can take advantage of this during the year. And oftentimes we are able to show tax losses on a client's tax return even though the portfolio has gained value. And by being able to cut taxes in that way, I call it risk-free alpha. We're able to add value and add net return without taking any risk.
0: Nice, which is obviously an awesome thing right there. So you were, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were doing this manually and you thought, well, this is really cumbersome and that's why you invented the software or you saw an opportunity to do this and so you invented the software that could do it.
1: No, we were doing it manually. And it would take, I would say, an hour per client to do this. And the reason is you first have to determine, does the client need a transaction? And then you have to figure out the transaction. And it's not just a case of sell one thing, buy another. Uh, We also look at what's called asset location. Mm. So, for example, we like to put appreciating stocks in the taxable account, because while it's appreciating, the client is not paying taxes, eventually if they sell, they'll pay long-term capital gains rates. If we hold the appreciating stock in the IRA, they don't pay taxes while it's appreciating, but then when they take it out, they pay ordinary tax. And it's like telling Uncle Sam, I'm okay with paying twice as much tax. So you can see when you look at all of these different angles, it took a lot of time, and it's also error-prone. And so by automating it, we could make sure we take care of every single opportunity without errors. And that, to me, was the beauty of it. So for us, we were able to look at rebalancing maybe four times a year. (laughs) Most firms are going to look at rebalancing once twice or four times a year because they can't efficiently do it more often than that
0: got it okay and so I I don't know if this is if we've reached a point where you could do it every day or even several times throughout the day and even if you could would would you want to
1: well that's the beauty of the program is that we can look at it every day okay. but we don't do transactions every day um, if you do transactions at a minimum there are transaction fees Mm. and we want to keep those fees to a minimum for our clients and so it's always a question of is this going to create material savings and that's what we look for
0: got it i like it well i think that that was very very helpful thank you so much well cheryl savage nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them
1: Okay, my difference-making tip is that when you're looking for a financial advisor, be sure to consider the four C's. And I call those four C's competency, credentials, compensation, and comfort. So when I talk about competency, I'm saying look at the education, look at the experience of the person, look at what type of clients does the firm serve. Um, for example, if, if you are LGBTQ or Spanish speaking, or you're a younger investor, see if that firm is able to help you because they have experience in it. That's where competency comes in. Credentials are also important. You want to make sure that they have the right initials after their name, a CFP is good. I think a PFS is better because the PFS means they have to be a CPA first. But you want to make sure that their credentials go along with what services they're offering. As far as compensation, I like to make sure that you're dealing with a fiduciary financial advisor that is fee only. And so there are two pieces to that fiduciary financial advisor means they're a registered investment advisor. And they are required to put the interests of their clients first. A broker, a stockbroker, is not a fiduciary. And an easy way to tell if someone is a stockbroker is if on their business card it says, Securities offered through. <laughs> if their business card says, Securities offered through, then that means... They are not a fiduciary. They are selling commission products. So to get a fee-only financial advisor, which is what we are, means we sell nothing. We get no commissions. We don't get kickbacks. We don't get referral fees. And an easy way to find a fee-only financial advisor is at napfa.org, N-A-P-F-A. which is National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. Those advisors are all fee only. And finally, you have comfort. Um, You're going to be sharing intimate details of your life, your goals, your finances, and hopefully working with these people over a long period of time. If you're not comfortable speaking with them, it's not going to be a successful relationship. So, again, remember the four C's competency, credentials, compensation, and comfort.
0: Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Cheryl, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Uh, best place to learn more about me is on our website at www.rolling.com, which is R O W. L I N
0: G. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, so share your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to rolling.com R O W L I N G dot com. Check out all the great stuff that Cheryl has on the website. Thanks again, Cheryl. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!